Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast from the Mary Bakerty Library in Boston and online at mblibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, your host. Fifty years ago, in January 1971, a new situation comedy was born on American television, which over the course of nine seasons would change the face of that medium, with repercussions we have felt ever since. The name of the show was All in the Family. And what the word all in its title represented was a new approach to situation comedy. It was warts and all in the topics and family relationships with which it dealt. It did not sidestep troublesome, polarizing, and uncomfortable social and political issues, but instead stepped right into the middle of them both testing and delighting audiences with a new kind of realism with the established sitcom form. The focus of the show was the Bunker family, father, mother, daughter, and son-in-law. And once a week, audiences saw within the vortex of a flawed but genuine family how they dealt and coped with and sometimes were transformed by situations that were intense, often morally intense. In this episode, we are going to explore the meaning of the show for American culture, then and now, and in particular look at the character of the mother, Edith Bunker, played by actor Jean Stapleton, and the special soulful and spiritual role she played within the dynamics of the family. Notwithstanding the quirks and idiosyncrasies of this character. So, I am pleased to have with me to discuss Jean Stapleton and All in the Family, Jim Cullen, author of Those Were the Days, why All in the Family Still Matters, published by Rutgers University Press in 2020. Hello, Jim. Hello. Glad to be with you. It's wonderful to have you. And also with us is Steve Graham, Senior Manager, Programs and Communications at the Mary Bakerty Library, and author of an article on Jean Stapleton for the library's Women of History series. Well, hello, Steve. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you. So, Steve, inquiring minds would like to know, why is an article on Gene Stapleton appearing on the Mary Baker Eddy Library website? Good question. So, the Mary Baker Eddy Library has a featured website article called Women of History, which we bill as untold stories of women with many different connections to Mary Baker Eddy and or the Christian science movement. And so far, we have 47 women of history entries on the website with more to come. Now, some of these women have never been written about before. These are brand new stories. But in other cases, we've found something new to share about someone who is already known or well-known, and that's the case with Jean Stapleton. Jean Stapleton didn't routinely talk about her religious affiliation or her spirituality. But she was a Christian scientist, and there were times when she made reference to her beliefs and talked about how they indicate uh, her Christian science faith and how it informed her work. We know that uh, she was a pupil of a Christian science teacher. We know she taught Sunday school. She was a member of a Christian science branch church. But more than talking a lot about her faith, it was interesting to look into what we could find about how she lived what she believed through her life and through her acting, and particularly that character of Edith Bunker and other 
roles that she chose. On our website, you can read the Women of History article on Jean Stapleton, and there are links in that article that you can also click on. You'll be able to watch a video recording that she made when she was part of the Christian Science Church's annual meeting program in 1976. That was when All in the Family was in its sixth season. And there she proclaimed that the name on her church membership card was most important to her. And she did a very amusing sketch with puppets that told a larger message about caring for others. And one of the things she said that I think is particularly interesting is this quote, which she made in 1974 in, in, in a newspaper interview that she did. In my own life, I have goals that occupy a lifetime, self-improvement that is a lifetime goal. There's no end to it. And I'm not talking about learning a language. I'm talking about deepening spiritual worth. Well, thank you, Stephen, and thank you for giving us some insight into Gene Stapleton, the person, as well as Gene Stapleton, the actor. You know, I grew up watching All in the Family, <laughs> which was quite, quite something to have that be part of my formation. Jim, it's wonderful to have you with us. I've, I've read your book. It's a great read. And the thing that I valued so much about it was it brought me right back into those episodes. <laughs> there I was again, 12 or whatever I was at the time, glued to the television and being awakened to this extraordinary family and all their quirks and flaws, but the, the meaningfulness of what they were engaged with that related to just everyone, it seemed, and, and to what America was going through at that time. So thank you for the book, but I'm just so curious, Jim, what motivated you to write this book? Those were the days why All in the Family Still Matters. Well, uh, Jonathan, I guess there would be two answers to that. And one you've sort of already indicated in your kind reaction to the book, which is a little bit to take a sentimental journey. This book was a, you know, yeah. uh, foray into my own childhood as well. It really was very vivid for me and for so many people. And in writing the book over and over again, I heard people say, my dad was an Archie Bunker, or my <laughs> uncle was an Archie Bunker. We all have sort of Archie Bunkers in our family. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the humor, of course, some of the jokes continue to resonate a generation later. But the other reason, and probably the more important reason why I wanted to write the book, is that I really feel like it is an important piece of collective memory, given the current state of our cultural discourse, that the voices, and I, and I really do mean literally the voices of this show, played such an important part in making and remaking our culture. And I fear that there has been, to some degree, a constriction of that discourse. And I think that this show was so important at its time because it really opened things up. And I think it's really worth remembering what it did and having it be part of a usual past as we try to reimagine our hopes for what our country may yet become. So All in the Family was, in large part, the brainchild of Norman Lear, a legendary figure in television and film, producer, impresario. But what was his vision for the show? What were the uh, basic ingredients that were called for uh, to, to give it its, its special character? The call of All in the Family is four characters, and, and one of them is the patriarch, you know, Archie Bunker, who is a lifelong resident of Queens, and he is a veteran of World War II. 
He serves uh, in Italy, and he gets wounded. He gets uh, shrapnel in his buttocks, which is kind of a running joke in the show. Uh, and he comes back home, and he marries Edith Baines, and he, he gets a job on the docks. He's a dock worker, and he buys a house at 704 Hauser Street. Lorman has been a little fuzzy about this, but it's, I think it's pretty much in Astoria. And his wife, Edith, had, from what I could tell, kind of a middle-class upbringing in New Jersey. She took piano and dancing lessons. She came from a large and loving family. And this is an ongoing gag in the show. Her family fiercely resisted her marrying Archie. And, and, and of course, the most obvious example of this is her cousin, Maud, <laughs> who would eventually get her own show. That would be quite successful in the mid-1970s. And they have a daughter, one child. We learn at one point that Edith could not have children again after that daughter was born, and that is Gloria, and she is the apple of her father's eye, which is why it's all the more galling to him that she would go and marry this liberal kid from Chicago with the long hair and the hippie and who was uh, you know, against the Vietnam War. He's also a, uh, a college student. You have the irony here that Archie is supporting his son-in-law, and their oil and water and the frictions between them are the essential engine that sort of drives the show. With those four characters, and of course the character of Edith, you have a, a carousel of people who c come through the Bunker household, ranging from Sammy Davis Jr. in a very famous episode, who who leaves his briefcase in Archie's car. Archie he moonlights as a cab driver on the side, and that is one of the priceless episodes of the show. The iconography of Sammy Davis Jr. planting a big fat kiss on <laughs> Archie's cheek was uh, was one of the great sort of gags of the 1970s. There's a very famous episode where Archie hosts a Thanksgiving dinner and learns that Mike's friend was a draft dodger. And that episode aired right at the time when President Carter had issued an amnesty to people who had you know, left the United States for Canada. There was an episode where the KKK mistakenly believed that Archie was Jewish and they burned a cross on his lawn. Just so many of these kinds of ways in which the outside world sort of comes in and political issues from the outside world end up literally on the bunker's front porch. And that was one of the clever conceits of the show over the course of its mm -hmm. run. So, Steve, I'm curious, what, what do you know about Gene Stapleton's thoughts about the show, All in the Family, and why did she take the role of Edith Bunker? When she first read the pilot script for All in the Family, she was struck by the honesty of the content she was seeing, that the characters were real uh, and relating to each other authentically. And she said, that it was the foundation of truth that she saw as the basis of successful dramatic realism. So Jim, what was the impact of this new combustible show of All in the Family on television in general? Well, I think it really is not an exaggeration to say that All in the Family was a turning point in the history of American broadcasting. Mm -hmm. You know, prior to the show's debut in 1971, there were very different ideas about what television should be. Television in the mid-1960s had shows that were very sort of escapist entertainment. Gilligan's Island, Green Acres, the Beverly Hillbillies. The FCC uh, chairman, Newman Minow, once famously dubbed it a wasteland. And All in the Family kicked around for a while as kind of a hot potato. It bounced around the networks before CBS sort of gingerly put it on the air. All in the Family opened up this opportunity for cultural conversation. It really reorganized broadcast television. CBS, which had been the number one network, scrapped a lot of these shows and ended up replacing them with shows that were a lot closer to All in the Family. And that, in turn, ushered in 
what the television historian David Moore famously called the sitcom at its literate peak. In its wake, mm. you had MASH and Mary Tyler Moore Show, which debuted around the same time, the Bob Newhart Show, Carol Burnett. These were shows that sort of took on social issues. That wasn't unprecedented. You know, there were shows like Laugh-In, for example, that had been doing it, but none as cleverly and as entertainingly and as durably as All in the Family and shows of its ilk did. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful how you en encapsulate its significance. But, you know, as you were talking, and I'm thinking of my own personal experience and my own family's experience with the show, I think one of the liberating qualities that it brought was it allowed people not to feel so ashamed of their own family situation. This sort of idealized version of what family life should be was given a, a contrasting uh, perspective. And so it opened up a kind of liberating space where one could feel that one's own family with all its warts actually had a legitimate place in, in America. Yeah, that's an important point. One can talk productively about you know, the kinds of arguments that took place on All in the Family, the debates, the, the political content, that was all sort of part of the story. But a very important part of the story is sort of what you're talking about there, where, where the soldiers just simply engaged questions that were had been considered off-limits in polite discourse and certainly in broadcast television, whether those things were subjects like, you know, cancer or whether, whether you're talking about uh, menopause or um, menstruation or homosexuality or any number of things that are just very deep human experiences that people can have different kinds of reactions to, but simply were not considered or not opened up as things that could be engaged. And that was a very important contribution that the show made. Mm, absolutely. So, Stephen, thinking about Gene Stapleton and your response to the show, when you see Stapleton in action in this role of Edith Bunker and with this knowledge of Stapleton's spiritual formation what qualities do you see that she's bringing uh, to the Bunker household that's perhaps giving it some more light, a bigger space, uh, perhaps a redemptive uh, place? Unconditional love. Edith does love unconditionally. And when she meets somebody, she sees the good in them. Uh, and sometimes this masquerades as simple naivete, but... Uh, then there are moments where, in episode after episode, she wins the day in bringing resolution to conflict. She is a, a healer, in a sense. She found the worth in everyone and magnified what was good. And at the end of the day, it's more than naivete or, or a simplistic view of things. There's something very profound in Edith Bunker that makes her a transformative element on that program. Yeah. Which, having done this marvelous look into the, uh, the spiritual side of Gene Stapleton, I myself feel that there's an unmistakable connection where Gene Stapleton was bringing out what she felt to be the very best, not just in the character of Edith Bunker, but certainly in a huge way through that character, as well as others. I want to circle back around to what Steve was just saying. In many respects, you know, All in the Family is a very secular show. It's about contemporary politics. And in a way, there's a very deep moral vision in many of the arguments. But they are arguments. They're about winning in some sense. The back and forth between, 
Mike and, and Archie and even Gloria. You know, there's a kind of verbal jousting and plots are about getting your comeuppance or people sort of having realizations and so on. But Edith, I think, provides crucial ballast in all of this. And, you know, I think it's important to say here that there's a difference between the actor and the character. And that's especially true when you're talking about Gene Stapleton. It can be shocking to the point of disorienting when you actually hear Gene Stapleton talk as opposed to Edith Bunker talk. <laughs> but having said that, I think that there is something very fundamental that links the actor to the character. And it is that very strong sense of sort of spiritual energy that Stapleton brought to that character of Edith. And although I can't really prove this, I think it exerted a tremendous gravitational pull on the writers hmm. uh, and on the plots, because over time, she really becomes, I think, as the other characters recognize, the sort of the anchor of the family. And it's precisely because she's not interested in winning arguments. It's precisely because she's not the most articulate, but the most connected in some powerful way to the human dimensions of these stories that it really rounds out these episodes and makes them more than just political polemics. I feel that it's important to say also here, just because uh, I think it would have meant a lot to Jean Stapleton, that her portrayal of Eleanor Roosevelt, mm. it was said to be her favorite role. And she didn't actually do that role until 1982 when, when she did Eleanor First Lady of the World, which was received quite favorably. She said that uh, Eleanor Roosevelt turned every experience in her life into a step forward. And she admired her for that. And while this program actually portrays Eleanor Roosevelt shepherding the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights to its ratification in 1948. And in, in some ways, I think that idea of, of turning every experience in life into a step forward is a theme that one would notice in, in looking at Gene Stapleton's career, which spanned, I believe, six decades. Yeah. You know, you bring up the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Jim. I don't know if it's a stretch or not, but it's about Eleanor Roosevelt's vision on where universal human rights begin and what the situation comedy can contribute to the whole question of advancing universal human rights. So this is from her declaration. She asks the question, quote, where, after all, do universal human rights begin? And she answers it this way. In small places, close to home, so close and so small that they cannot be seen on any maps of the world. Yet, they are the world of the individual person, the neighborhood he lives in, the school or college he attends, the factory, farm, or office where he works. Such are the places where every man, woman, and child seeks equal justice, equal opportunity, equal dignity, without discrimination. Unless these rights have meaning there, they have little meaning anywhere. Without concerted citizen action to uphold them close to home, we shall look in vain for progress in the larger world. So I think of the bunker home as a place where these issues are being worked out. And that significance of the situation comedy, whether it's in a home or in an office space, in what way are they sort of contributing to this pursuit of universal human rights? 
Well, I think you're right to make that connection. The episode that I think of when you're saying this stuff about human rights is the uh, the episodes involving uh, Beverly LaSalle, who, mm. uh, you know, by some reckonings is the first transgender character in the history of television. And of course, Edith and Beverly LaSalle hit it off right away. I mean, you know, Archie, of course, mistakenly believes that Beverly LaSalle is a woman, and that becomes <laughs> the, the vehicle for all the humor in that episode. But what's crucial to point out here is that Beverly LaSalle dies a sudden and violent death on the show. And again, this is one of the things that is amazing about All in the Family is that it dealt with subject... I mean, Edith gets sexually assaulted in, in one of these episodes, and it's a sitcom, and there's jokes. I mean, it's almost unimaginable mm -hmm. that that could ever happen now. But my point here, you know, in terms of really Sal's death is that Edith takes that very, very hard. She has sort of a spiritual crisis about it that, ironically, only Mike, the atheist, can get her out of, and that's a whole other story. But the point is, to, to your point, is that Edith affirms and recognizes and asserts dignity of every human being, you know, regardless of who they are or where they're coming from. And that is such a powerful thing because it is experienced at this quotidian level. It's not an abstraction. It's something very palpable. And that's one of the ways in which the show, and Gene Stapleton in particular, did something for us very, very valuable. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jim, and, and I so value all that you and, and, and Steve have been sharing and uh, giving us insight into the fullness of this character of Edith Bunker. But I'm reminded, Jim, that you, you do make a point in your chapter on her to advise the reader not to sentimentalize or place Edith uh, <laughs> Bunker up on a, on a pedestal of, of moral perfection. And there's also that, that there's a realness to Edith, too. When she discovers that Archie's been drinking, she hits him. She slugs him. She kicks him out of the house. I mean, this is not necessarily a flaw in her character, but it's it's something that is right. <laughs> very sort of human. So she's not a, she's not a saint. Yeah. No, she's capable of tough love, and she's capable of being honest when it hurts. Jim, in your book, you have this sort of subheading about Edith Bunker, and you refer to her as a socially connected woman. And you write the following, quote, the most striking and profound manifestation of Edith's capacity for joy comes from her interactions with other people. It's here that Stapleton's acting, as well as the string of minor characters who shuttle through the bunker home over the years, is decisive. Over and over again in All in the Family, one witnesses Edith seeing people and their sheer pleasure in being recognized in a profoundly empathetic way. The thing about it is that, uh, partly it's the conceit of the show, that there is this gallery of people coming through. And without exception, everyone who talks with Edith is sort of charmed by Edith. They often raise their eyebrows or get angry at, at Archie, <laughs> but they're always sort of uniformly charmed by Edith. But my favorite illustration of what you're talking about here is this very funny episode in which um, Edith goes to her high school reunion. And there's all this speculation about the idol that she worshipped as a high school student, his name was Buck. I forget what his last name was, but his first name was Buck. And Archie is getting nervous about this. And so there's this buildup, and she goes to the reunion, and there's kind of a visual joke because it's very clear that this Adonis circa 1947, <laughs> you know, does not look <laughs> the same in circa 19, 1973. But Edith's response is, Buck, I would know you anywhere, those eyes. She zeroes in on the essence of the person. And the look on Buck's face, oh my God, here's someone who, who knows me. I mean, it's just such a great moment. And, and there are so many moments like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been wonderful having this time 
with both of you to reminisce, take this sentimental journey, if you will, to re-explore All in the Family and to reconnect with this important character in the show, uh, Edith Bunker. And Steve, I know in in terms of what Jim was just saying about uh, Edith Bunker's charm in the show, that as you've gone about your research uh, through our collections and other resources, you've come to be um, charmed not only by the character of Edith Bunker, but by the actor behind her, uh, Gene Stapleton. It's been a real pleasure to read your article and to get a sense of some of the gems you discovered in researching Stapleton's uh, life, thought, and career. Well, for me, it's been a real joy to look at the life of Gene Stapleton and and relate it to a show that, that I do love, All in the Family. There's a genuineness about what this lady exemplified and brought out in, in her work that will continue to inspire me on, on a personal level. That's great. And Jim, thanks for sharing this depth of insight into this show and its meaning for people then and for us today. And thanks so much, Steve, for what you've contributed to understanding more about Jean Stapleton and her life and what was significant for her in terms of how her spiritual practice and study related to her overall life experience. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed this, folks. I'm very grateful to you and both the professionalism that you brought to this, but also very clearly the sense of uh, moral engagement and that whole piece of this was quite palpable, and I really uh, appreciated being part of that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seekers and Scholars, on Gene Stapleton and the Spiritual Dimensions of All in the Family. Our guests were Jim Cullen and Steve Graham. Jim is author of From Memory to History, television versions of the 20th century, which is soon to be released, and of course, of Those Were the Days, Why All in the Family Still Matters. And it certainly mattered to us in this episode. So again, thank you, Jim, for that. And thank you, Steve, for your article on Gene Stapleton, which you can find on the library's website as part of the Women of History series. We hope you'll join us for our next episodes as we gather with professors from Simmons University School of Library and Information Science. We'll be looking at key questions about archives with them and seeing how they relate to what goes on here at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. I'm Jonathan Eder. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. This podcast was produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2021.